Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. From now until April 29th, we are accepting flash fiction submissions for the Untold Picture Contest. The Untold Picture Contest, or UPC for short, is a flash fiction competition. Head over to www.untoldpodcast.com backslash UPC. There you'll find all the details as well as a sign-up form. Once you sign up, you'll receive a unique randomized picture to inspire your 300 to 1,000 word story. We want science fiction, fantasy, horror, strange, and supernatural pieces. Joining me in the Untold Picture Contest is Peter Younghusband from Reviews by Peter and marathon runner Lauren Zisk Perry, who simultaneously runs and reads more in a week than I do in a year. Together, we'll select the top five stories and produce them on the show. Then, in July, we'll turn over voting to the friends and fans of the show. The two runners-up will receive our standard payout. Third place winners win $25, second place $50, and first place wins $100. So head over to www.untoldpodcast.com backslash UPC and sign up for the Untold Picture Contest, enter the flash fiction competition, or share it with your author friends. At the end of the show, we'll have another exciting announcement about the upcoming audio universe, Supersonic Pod Comics. The mastermind of this audio comic world is the author of today's story, J.S. Earls. Jeff J.S. Earls was born in Dunedin, Florida, then moved to North Carolina, New Hampshire, and Wisconsin with his college professor father. In 1985, he returned to the Sunshine State to live with his mother. Jeff was heavily into sports, music, and comics. In the 90s, he divided his time between leading worship at various churches, fronting the Christian band Envoy, and working as an orthodontic x-ray lab technician, a position he held for 20 years until arthritis disabled him. During that difficult time, Earls continued his creative pursuits by writing stories with dictation programs. It was during this time that several of his projects were first published. Now, Earls is a multimedia creator whose diverse credits include online projects for the National Geographic Channel, graphic novel adaptations of Steve Alton's The Meg, and Ted Decker's Lost Books bestsellers, ghostwriting the syndicated Steve Roper and Mike Nomad strip, editing several volumes of Tokyo Pop's Manga Bible, creating the game Chessaga, the Realm Unseen interactive audiobook, The Cry, anti-child abuse comic, the American Revolution series Pistol Fist, and co-creating the Bible Dig podcast and the upcoming Supersonic Pod Comic Universe. He currently lives in Clearwater, Florida with his wife Daisy, their son Jeshua, and miniature poodle Noah, but they hope to reunite their family by moving to Phoenix, Arizona, where their newlywed daughter, Sarin, resides. Today's story is narrated by Bob Wells. Bob Wells was born in West Point, Nebraska. After graduating from high school in Lincoln, Nebraska, he began his broadcasting career on KWBE Radio in Beatrice, Nebraska. On finishing college, Wells joined KWTV in Oklahoma City as an announcer. Wells later transitioned to television, becoming a weekend weatherman and staff announcer at NBC Station in Kansas City. Wells joined the Air Force Reserves flying C-124 cargo planes for a year of active duty during the Berlin Crisis of 1961. Over the years, Bob became best known to Cleveland, Ohio viewers for his TV appearances as Houlihan the Weatherman and one half of the Houlihan and Big Chuck Show movie hosting team. He later moved to Florida with his wife Barbara and continually appeared on TV shows and movies, most notably The Point Man, Superboy, Sequest, 
and Summer Rental with John Candy. You can look for his imdb.com profile in our show notes. And now, without further ado, The Untold Podcast is proud to present Joshua Sheepskin by J.S. Earls. In the beginning, the great dove came, and I followed it to a beach named Solace, which was beside Crest Lake, not far from the twin valleys of Quagmire and Residence. When I came here, the words to the ancient song of Esaias came true. Long ago, he sang, Valley of Quagmire, Valley of Residence, in the wolflands along Crest Lake, the sheep and the others who graze there in silence will soon hear a song, oh, so great. And so from the day I arrived in Solace, I began to sing. Turn from your wrong and learn of my song, for its meaning is clear. The shepherd is near. After many moons and many mornings, my new friend sheep came and gathered around me. There were so many animals coming and going, we could not even find time to eat. I told my friend sheep, come with me to a quiet place. You need to rest. So we waded through the shallow water toward a secluded hill. This would not last for long. You see, other sheep recognized us as we were leaving. They raced around the other side of Crest Lake, reaching the hill before us. As we came closer, I saw the large flock of sheep and was concerned for them. They were sheep without the shepherd. So I taught them many things. Later in the day, my friend sheep Simeon said, Jeshua, this land is empty and it is growing late. Send these sheep away so they can find something to eat. You give them something to eat, I replied. Another of my friend's sheep, Philippi, said, It would take months to find enough grass for all these to eat. Should we leave for that long? Do we really have to feed them? How much grass is here? I asked. After searching, Bartel and Andre said, There are only seven small blades of grass. I told my friend sheep to have all the sheep gather into large and small groups. Then I walked over to the seven blades of grass and, looking up to the hills, began to sing. Suddenly, grass began to spring up everywhere. Within moments, the sandy shore and the barren plains were green with life. Though there were so many sheep, the rams alone numbering 500, all ate and were satisfied. In the end, 12 large patches of grass remained. At the change of seasons, a large crowd of beasts came to Serenity Mountain. When they learned I was coming, they took flowers and came out to welcome me. They shouted, Sing for us! And, Fortunate is the sheep who comes with the power of the shepherd! And, Favored is the leader of the flock! Soon I came across a blood-red rose. Kneeling down, I took the rose, carrying its thorny stem in my mouth, on towards Serenity Hill. This reminded me of another song. Mount of Serenity, don't be misled, for here is your leader with rose bright and red. My friendship, however, 
did not understand this. Only later would they realize that this song was also written about me. Many that were with me had seen my song awaken a sheep named Eleazar, who was once under the serpent's sleeping spell. My friend sheep told everyone I had awakened Eleazar, and for this reason many more creatures came to see me. Soon the powerful and popular lead sheep, the bellwethers, whispered, This is horrible. Look how every herd and flock is following him. The following day, I sent Zane and Stone ahead of the rest. Go, I said. Find a place for us to eat. Where do you want us to go, they asked. When you reach Serenity Hill, a young colt will meet you. Follow him to the sheepfold he enters. Then say to the one in charge of the sheepfold, Our leader would like to know where he can eat with his friend sheep. He will show you a portion of the sheepfold with a small pond. Wait for us there. After I finished, Zane and Stone left. They found everything just as I said, then waited for us. When the hour came, my friend Sheep and I took our places in the sheepfold. I said to them, I have looked forward to grazing with you this evening. I want to do this before I have to suffer. I will not eat with you again until you eat with the shepherd. Kneeling over the pond, I sang thanks and said, you should drink from this water together, for I will not drink with you again until the shepherd is revealed. Then I took twelve blades of grass, sang thanks, and passing one to each of them, I said, This is like my life, the life I have shared with you. Each day you live, remember me. After we ate, I knelt by the pond once more. The dark water of the pond is like the serpent's venom that will cause me to sleep. Then, and only then, will I be able to break the curse of magic and set free all those who believe. But one of you here will break my heart and turn me over to the bellwethers. Then I will sleep, as the song foretold. It will be very sad for the one who hands me over to the bellwethers. My friend sheep asked one another about this. They wondered which one of them would betray me. Then they began to argue, disagreeing about which one of them was my favorite, which one was the best. So I said to them, The wolves try to control all creatures, and the bellwethers wrongly call themselves protectors. Don't be like them. Instead, the most important should be like the youngest. The one who rules is the one who gives. Who is more important, the one who eats the grass or the one who finds the grass? Isn't it the one who eats the grass? But I am with you as one who finds, one who gives. You have stayed with me, so I will give you the song, just as the shepherd gave me the song. Then you will dance and sing in my sheepfold, in my pasture. There you will judge all the shepherd's flock. Turning to stone, I said, The serpents are coming to frighten my friend sheep, but I have sung for you. When you have returned to me, help the others be strong. But Stone said, I will never leave you, Jeshua. Oh, Stone, I said, you will tell others that you don't even know me three times, and you will do this before the wolves begin to howl. I 
I climbed Serenity Mountain, as I always did, with my friendship following after me. When we reached the top, I said, Sing the song I taught you, so you won't be poisoned when the serpents come. Stepping a short distance away, I laid down and sang, Oh, how my soul yearns for no pain, but I shall now buy what others must gain. As I sang, an eagle soared down with wings of encouragement, but I was still troubled, so I sang even harder, my sweat dripping like drops of blood on the mountain. After that, I stood and went back to my friend's sheep. They were asleep, worn out by their worries. Why are you napping? I asked. Rise up, sing the song I taught you, so you won't be poisoned when the serpents come. As I spoke, a herd of animals arrived. One of my friend's sheep, Benedict, was leading them. He quickly stepped forward to sing, Hello, Benedict, I said. Are you betraying me with a song? Fearing what was about to happen, my friend sheep said, Jeshua, should we use our horns against them? Before I could respond, Stone rammed into one of the bellwether's slave sheep, breaking the other's horn. I shouted, Stop it! Then I began to sing, and as I sang, a horn grew back where the other had been. Then I turned to the herd, the bellwethers, the wolves, and the other beasts that had come for me. Am I leading a flock of fighters against you? I asked. Do you have to come with so many predators? I lived among you every day, and you did not capture me. But this is your hour. This is when serpents rule. Soon the group of beasts led me away. They took me to the bellwether's pasture. My friendship, Stone, followed from a distance. When we arrived, the herd lay down. Stone rested with them. A young slave sheep saw Stone lying there, looked closely at him, and said, This ram was with Jeshua Sheepskin. But Stone replied, I never knew him. After a little while, another sheep saw Stone and said, You are one of Jeshua's friend sheep. No, I'm not, answered Stone. Much later, a third sheep spoke. This ram must have been with Jeshua Sheepskin. He is from Crest Lake. Stone replied, I, I don't know what you're talking about. After he said this, the wolves began to howl, and from a distance, I looked at him. Stone remembered what I had told him. You will tell others that you don't even know me three times, and you will do this before the wolves begin to howl. Then Stone trotted away, broke down, and sobbed. In the morning, the bellwethers brought me to the den of Canis, one of the wolf pack rulers. Canis came out to meet them. Why do you bring this beast before me? he asked. He is a wrongdoer, they said. If he wasn't, we would not be giving him to you. Canis growled, keep him, and do whatever you want to him. But here in the wolflands, we don't have the right to throw anyone into the snake pit, they rebutted. This happened, so all I said would come true. Then Canis padded into his den, called me to follow after, and asked, Are you the shepherd of the sheep? I answered with a question. Is that what you believe? Or did others tell you about me? I am not a sheep, barked Canis. It was your kind, the bellwethers, who brought you before me. 
My sheepfold is not truly a part of this place, I told him. If my sheepfold was here, my friendship would continue to fight, so I would not be cast into the pit. But my true sheepfold is not a part of this place. So are you the shepherd of the sheep? Canis asked. You ask me if I am the shepherd, I said. This is why I was born, and this is why I have come, to sing the one true song. Every creature who knows the truth understands my song. Canis strode outside, approaching the bellwethers once more. I do not believe this Jeshua sheepskin is a wrongdoer. However, every year I allow you to save one bad sheep from going to the snake pit. Would you like me to set your shepherd free? They all cried, No! Don't give us Jeshua! Give us Damien the Slayer! Finally, Canis gave in. He had his wolves claw and bite me. They put a tree branch and another's wool upon me, calling them my shepherd cloak and staff. Sing, O shepherd of the sheep, they taunted. Again, Canis marched out and said, I am bringing Jeshua before you, so you may know that I find nothing wrong with him. So they brought me out. Then Canis announced, Here is the ram. When the bellwethers and other beasts saw me, they cried, To the pit! To the pit with him! But Canis replied, You take him and throw him into the pit. I can't find a single thing wrong with him. But the bellwethers whined, We have rules, and according to our rules, he must be pushed into the pit. He pretends to be our shepherd. When Canis heard this, he was disturbed. Entering his den again, he asked me, Who are you? Silence was my only reply. Are you refusing to speak to me? he asked. Don't you understand? I have the power to free you or have you put into the snake pit? You were given power by the shepherd, I answered. You would have no power over me if the shepherd did not give it to you. Benedict, the one who turned me over to the bellwethers, is more guilty than you. After this, Canis kept trying to free me, but the bellwethers warned, If you free Jeshua Sheepskin, many will say you are weak and will question if you are fit to lead the wolf pack. When Canis heard this, he brought me out, saying, Here is your shepherd. But the beast chanted, To the pit! To the pit with him! Canis asked, Should I send your master to the serpents? We serve no one but the wolves, they answered. Finally, Canis set me away. As they led me off, the wolves saw a ram named Seer coming from the countryside. They tangled the heavy branch, my shepherd's rod, in his wool and forced him to drag it behind me. A large flock of animals also followed us. Some were sheep that wept with sorrow. I turned to them and sang, Don't weep for me on serenity, but weep for this land yourselves and your lambs, for days will arrive when surely you'll cry. Favored are those who live all alone with little to lose, save the fields they call home. Then I reminded them of the song of Osi. To this hill they will sing, please fall on us. To this mountain they'll scream, please cover us. If you weep while the grass is alive, what shall you do when all the grass dies?
Now there were two other rams with me who were also going to the pit, and the wolves led us all up Serenity Mountain, higher and higher, until we finally reached the pit, and they pushed the three of us in. One guilty sheep lay to my right, the other to my left. I sang, I forgive these sheep and these other beasts, for they cannot dream what they have unleashed. My accusers watched over the ledge as snakes slithered about us. The bellwethers mocked me, saying, He helped others. Let him help himself, if he is the leader of the flock. The wolves taunted me, too. Drooling down, they growled, If you are the shepherd of the sheep, free yourself. Prancing and prowling, they sang, This is the shepherd of the sheep. Even one of the guilty rams in the pit said, Aren't you the shepherd? Help yourself. Help us. But the other ram scolded him. Don't you have any respect? We are both wrongdoers, but this ram hasn't done anything wrong. Then he turned to me. Jeshua, he said, think of me in your sheepfold. I answered, today you will join me in my sheepfold. I promise. For the next few hours, snakes came from everywhere, covering the mountain like a great cloud of darkness. One by one, they dropped into the pit and struck us. Searching the sky, I sang in agony, Great dove, my guide and friend, have you left me too alone in the end? Some of those above heard me. They sing, he's singing for Elias. One of them took the branch from Seir to push it into the pit, but the other said, Leave him alone. Let's see if Elias comes to save him. When I sang again, the serpents bit me one final time. Then I fell to the ground, asleep. Suddenly the mountain began to tremble, louder and louder and louder it rumbled until a sudden explosion sent fragments of rock and fountains of lava shooting forth into the sky. The wolves, sheep and other beasts ran wild, fleeing the fire as it rained down around them. Terrified, they cried, he truly was the shepherd. Days later, the lava had finally cooled, and all that remained was a gaping hole where Serenity Mountain was torn in two. One of my friend sheep, a wise ram named Arimathea Joe, went to Canis's den and asked him if he knew where my body was. Reluctantly, Canis questioned one of his wolves. The other wolf barked, I know where the body lays, and told him where to find my body. So Arimathea Joe left, and upon reaching Serenity Mountain, cautiously climbed down into the volcanic crater. Soon he found the ruined snake pit and three ash-covered rams under a deep sleeping spell. Kneeling down, he let a pure white rose fall from his lips to my body and wept. 
At the crater's edge above, two sheep watched with equal despair. Both were named Miriam. One was a seven-month-old lamb. The other was my mother. The next day, in the early light of dawn, little Miriam returned to the crater. Peering over the ledge, she searched for the three sleeping rams. To her amazement, she found only two. I was missing. Quickly, she sprinted until she found Stone and Zane. They dragged Joshua out of the pit, she cried. I don't know where they've taken him. So Zane and Stone dashed to the crater, but they could not find me either. Devastated, they left to tell the others while little Miriam stayed behind, weeping. A little while later, two eagles startled Miriam as they flew up out of the pit. Little lamb, they said, why are you crying? Because someone has taken Jeshua away, she answered, and I don't know where they put him. Then little Miriam turned and saw a man. It was the first time she had ever seen a human being. The man, who wore a ram-skin cloak and carried a staff, asked her, Why are you weeping? What are you looking for? Sir, if you took Jeshua, please tell me where you put him, she whimpered. Softly, the shepherd said, Miriam. Jeshua, she cried, for now she knew it was I. I was the man. I was the shepherd. Go to my friend sheep, I said. So she left, telling them everything that had happened. Later that evening, my friend sheep were gathered together because they were afraid of the bellwethers. So I came, as the shepherd, and stood among them. Be happy, I said. Raising my arms, I revealed the holes the serpents left in my ramskin cloak. They celebrated when they realized who I was. Be happy, I said again. Just as I came to these pastures, I am sending you into other pastures. Then I reached within my cloak and withdrew many eggs, one for each sheep. These eggs are from the great dove. They will hatch very soon. When they do, those who hear the song you sing will no longer fear magic's curse. However, those who refuse to listen to you will have much to fear. Another of my friend's sheep, a ram named Twin, was not with the others when I came. When they told Twin, We've seen Jeshua! He would not believe them. Until I see the shepherd in the snake-bitten holes, he said, I will never believe. So after several sunrises, I came to see my friend's sheep again. This time, Twin was with them. Be happy, I announced. Turning to Twin, I said, Look at me. Look at the serpent holes in my cloak and believe. Twin could only reply, My friend sheep and shepherd. You have believed because you have seen me, I said. Favored are those who believe but have not seen me. Still I continued doing marvelous deeds among my friend sheep so they would have no doubt that I was indeed the shepherd. Days later I visited a third time. Stone and Twin were on a hill by Crest Lake. 
So were Reed and the brothers Jacques and Zane. Shamus was also there with his son, Ted. I'm going to look for some grass to eat, said Stone. We'll go with you, the others replied. They searched all day, but found nowhere to graze. That night, standing far away from my friend's sheep, I called, Have you found any good fields? No, they shouted in reply. Look on the other side of this hill, I said in return. Then you will find what you're looking for. So they went and looked in the light of the moon. To their surprise, they saw the finest field they had ever seen. Then Zane said to Stone, That was Jeshua. When Stone heard this, he went bounding over the hill, the others scampering after him. Bring some of the grass, I called. Overjoyed, Stone brought as much as he could possibly stuff in his mouth. Then I told them, Come and eat. No one asked who I was. For now, they knew. Taking the grass, I shared it with each of them. At sunrise, while I was walking with Stone, I asked him, Am I your closest friend sheep? Yes, Jeshua, he said. You know you are. So I said, Teach my little lambs. And again I asked, Am I really your favorite friend sheep? He answered, Yes, Jeshua, you know you are. So I said, Take care of my precious sheep. Then, one last time, I asked, Are you really my friend sheep? Sadly, Stone replied, You know everything, Jeshua. You know I'm really your friend sheep. So I said, Lead my mighty rams. For when you were a lamb, you went wherever you wanted. But when you become an old ram, others will lead you where you do not want to go. Then I said, You go wherever I lead you. Stone saw Zane following and asked, What about Zane? Do not worry about him, I answered. You go where I lead you. Throughout my travels, I did a great many things, some of which have been sung for ages. Others are yet to be sung. But one day, in fields unseen, many will rest with me. They will shout and sing, for the song that is sung about all that I've done, that I'm doing or ever will do, will go on and go on like an unending dawn, with the light of my love shining true. that was our story. I hope you liked it. This story was a gift. It is written in the ancient genre of apocalypse. Apocalyptic literature is not about the end of the world per se. Rather, it is a genre that explores hidden things through highly metaphoric and symbolic language. It was popular during the intertestamental period. In the Bible, we see this genre particularly in Daniel 7-12 through 12 in a simple form. We see this genre again in Revelation, but in a highly complex and highly developed form mixed with the genres of epistle and prophecy. 
Joshua sheepskin is a simple form of apocalypse. It is easier to identify what the symbols are supposed to represent, and because we can see how this works in simplified form, we can better understand how the book of Revelation is trying to communicate to us. Like I said, Jeff has given us a gift. The next time I am teaching on apocalyptic literature, I'm assigning this story. Before our announcement, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hi, I'm J.S. Earls, and I want to invite you to a new project some friends and I are starting. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery. J.S. and I love stories and storytelling. We've both worked in many different mediums for story, including comics, animation, novels, audio drama, podcasting, and even puppets. Whatever it takes to tell a good story. Working with other comics, story, and audio professionals, Ben, Nathan James Norman, and I are creating a new superhero audio drama universe. We're creating this in the spirit of monthly comic books from the big publishers. And we're also writing this in the spirit of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or other franchises where each series and chapter tells its own story, but they fit together in a larger narrative. We're doing it in an audio format with each episode being delivered free weekly to your favorite podcast app. Ben and I have been in the comic industry for almost 20 years. We love the comic work we've done and are doing, but in this audio format, we're able to avoid things like the printing costs, the difficulty of wide distribution, and many other obstacles. Storytelling in this format allows us to use the greatest artist possible, your own imagination. Although in the future, things go well, we do hope to tell some stories in the comic book format. But storytelling in this format allows us to use actors and sound design to paint the picture in your mind. In your mind. To do this, we're recruiting a cast of new and established actors to populate the supersonic pod comics universe. So we're kickstarting this project to get the funds needed for actors and writers and engineers and sound and music elements and web and podcast hosting in order to create and provide consistent, high quality superhero adventures. This is where we need you. If you're a professional or amateur actor, we need your talent. We're writing and producing this series ourselves, and we want to gather vocal talent from across the country. Only voice acting talent and a good microphone are required. Email us at the address on the screen for the current list of roles you can audition for, and for more information about how you can be a part of the supersonic pod comics universe. We can't wait to share some fun, unique, and inspiring superhero stories with you. So for now, we invite you to join us. Actors and actresses, contact us. Lovers of good stories and superheroes and audiobooks and radio dramas, please help us out by pledging your support through Kickstarter. And please share this with everyone. Go to www.supersonicpodcomics.com for more information. Thank you so much for your time. And Godspeed. direct links are in the show notes or just go to kickstarter.com and search for supersonic pod comics 
please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannon, Jen Finelli, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Parker J. Cole, Lauren Van Arendonk-Baugh, Spirit Blade Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, Rudy Diaz, Jackie Hanna, Deborah Dunson, Amanda St. John, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding everyone, you give them something to eat. In your mind. In your mind.